Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, we're back in the 23rd Psalm. We're confident in the shepherd. You may remember as we started this new year, I prayed and God gave me a word. It's a word for assurance for my own life, and then I believe it's for all of us. It's the word confident. I'm not confident in ourselves or confident in some system or structure, but we're confident in the Lord as our shepherd. Let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a really amazing psalm. There's not a petition here, a prayer request. It's simply David calling on his shepherd, telling him who he is, and we get to be let in on it. We get to hear his cry, and we get to hear his confidence in his shepherd. Now, the shepherd's main task is leadership. What type of leader was Jesus? Not a dictator. I mean, after all, he let Judas betray and Peter deny. He wasn't a leader by consensus. He never took a vote. He wasn't passive. He didn't let the sheep do whatever they wanted to do. So here's the question. Why must the shepherd lead me? After all, so many of you are competent and capable. So you are just brilliant. And then again, we have to remember that over 200 times we're called sheep in the Bible. Not the smartest animals for sure. And sheep need to be led. Why? Because they have no true sense of direction. Tell the sheep to go north. Sheep says, I don't know what north is. I'm really bad at reading a compass. Can't even follow GPS. Isaiah 53, 6 reminds us that we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Our iniquity, our, our wrong, our sin, our disobedience, our wrong direction was laid upon Jesus Christ when he went to the cross for us. Sheep don't know where to go. And left to their own devices, well, problems arise. Hey, the first thing I want you to see is there are necessary places that sheep don't want to go. John 10, referring to Jesus as the great shepherd, and verse 4 says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. There's places we don't want to go to without a leader, without a guide, without a shepherd. And I love this verse because Jesus is speaking to his disciples about his soon departure. 
And he's going to go to the cross. He's going to rise again from the dead and ascend back to heaven. And here's the verse, John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, the guiding is not just for Psalm 23. It's not just for John 10, that he's our shepherd. But Jesus said, it's so important that I leave. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to comfort you, but he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Sheep are not sure-footed. They're not discerning. They don't have the intelligence to understand dangers in their way. And the shepherd wants to encounter our dangers first and foremost. Before we encounter the danger, God already walks through that path as a shepherd. The second thing I want you to see is the shepherd knows where we are to go. Where we are to go. That's our direction. He knows the best direction for us, the best trajectory for our lives. And for getting off of that, that, that path will be extremely costly. Following the wrong path and not the right path or the righteous path will cause confusion. And we'll have a feeling of being lost, which will produce anxious thoughts inside of us. We'll be frustrated by the extra time and money and effort it takes when we've gone the wrong way, when we've gone our own way. Life will be more difficult when it could have been more pleasurable and peaceful. I'm sure every one of you can remember a time where you got off the road, <laughs> a costly mistake for sure, and it could set us back many years. It can ruin relationships. It can dissolve marriages. It can get us into financial problems and pain and so much more. You see, if God leads us in a righteous or right path, there are obviously then wrong paths that we can go down. Have you ever asked yourself this question? How did I get here? How did I get here? And you find yourself off course in a remote and lonely place. Or maybe you're driving somewhere and you find yourself totally lost and you ever ran out of gas, you know it's no fun. Or maybe pre-GPS days, <laughs> you had a hard time trying to get back on track. I used to drive a truck. Yeah, I drive a, drove a delivery truck, and uh, we would pick up items for our do-it-yourself home center. And sometimes I would have to go down to the middle of Los Angeles, central L.A., where there's like one-way streets everywhere. And sometimes you got to go left to go right, and you got to go right to go left. And if you end up with a big old truck in the middle of the wrong street the wrong way, ah, chaos. This is back in the days when we had paper maps. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. Paper maps. No GPS. No cell phones. How about that? So I'd stop in the middle of the road and yell and ask to any bypasser, you know where I'm going? I'm trying to get here. I, I need to get to... And somebody said, no, speak English. Or, or some, I remember one guy from, from, from China. He was, he was going all crazy and pointing all directions. And I got more lost than before. I doubt anyone ever wakes up in the morning saying, my goal today is to live completely outside of God's will. My goal today is to get off the path of righteousness as quickly as possible. I mean, that would be absurd. Now, how we are to go is the method, the method. 
God will use people. God will use situations and circumstances. God will use his spirit. God will use his word. God will use teaching, coaching, counseling to get us to where we need to go, how we are to get there. That's the method. But why we are to go is our purpose. God takes care of that purpose. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In other words, he knows the path we're to go on and the purpose for it. And then he also knows this, when we are to go, and that's the timing, the timing of it all. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. The third thing I want you to see is what the shepherd does not do, what he doesn't do. He doesn't call us from a destination. He doesn't say, here I am, way over here. No, no, because he leads us. Remember, he leads us and guides us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He is with us. Now, of course, he leads from the front. We talked about that just a step ahead of us. And he guides us by being next to us. And he encourages us from behind because surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The confident call to us is to remember that we are not alone. Listen, you may feel like you're alone, but the truth is you're not alone. And something else that God, well, really can't do is drive us the right paths. He doesn't um, drive us like cattle drive, like come behind us with, with horses and cattle dogs. We're led, not driven. We walk with him. He leads and guides us. We're, we're, we're not alone. Now, possessing all the weaknesses of the sheep, David knew he needed a shepherd to restore and to guide him. He too easily could, could have lost his sight of the right path and wander away. He could have been drawn in the wrong direction. Easy to do. And he could find himself being exposed to many threatening dangers. Remember, sheep are easy prey. And in those times, the Lord had to go after him like a shepherd and bring him back into the safety of the fold, just like David had done with his father's sheep. In this psalm, David draws upon this shepherd-sheep relationship as he describes his personal walk with the Lord. He writes things like, he restores my soul. He brings me by still waters. He, He brings me by green pastures. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And what David reflects about himself applies to each one of us as followers of Christ, as his believers. He wants us to follow right paths and arrive at the right destination with him and for his name's sake. Psalm 23.3 again, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So here's a question. What are righteous paths? Righteous paths. Well, the world translated as righteousness from the Hebrew is the same word that's often translated as straight. You may remember that uh, Jesus talked about straight and narrow pathway to heaven. There's a right way, a morally straight way 
a Christian can live as we follow Jesus the shepherd. Now, he'll never lead us astray, and following in the groove or the path that he sets before us will enable us to accomplish his will and to live our best possible life. And I want that for all of you. I want that for me and my family. I I want to live well and honor God in all that I do. If that could be said about me at the end of my life and you at the end of yours, we'd absolutely be, well, be grateful that we got to give God's name glory for his name's sake and that our life was a great success. Loving God, following God, doing his will. Now that's success. And God doesn't force us to follow his path. He guides us and gives us a choice as to which road we will take. I do, however, need to remind all of us that the choices we make about which road we take in life will have amazing consequences for us. What was Jesus' mandate? Well, Matthew 6.33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's that word. And all these things will be added to you. Don't seek the things. Seek the giver. And don't seek your own way, but seek first his kingdom. And then his righteousness. The leadership of the shepherd did not only comfort and restore the sheep, but also guides them into righteousness. To follow God is to have your values change, your morals change, your worldview change, how you see your neighbor changed. Since he leads us in right paths, then there has to be wrong paths. Now, I don't believe I need to spend time and unpack for you what wrong paths are. We see it all around us. But in case you'd be someone who would say, Pastor Bernie, let us know the wrong paths. Let me just share a few with you quickly. To ignore God's word. To violate your conscience as the Holy Spirit speaks through it. To go against sound advice. To just up and say, I'm going to disobey God's commands. I'm going to do it my way, live my way. After all, I'm free to choose how I want to live. And my question would be, how's that working for you, if you are? To go against God's leading. You see, God cannot lead us in any other path than a path of righteousness because he's righteous, because he's holy. Many, many years ago, I read a news article from the San Francisco Chronicle. And here's what it read. The blazing summer heat of the Death Valley area has killed two men and a young person who tried to reach habitation by setting foot across the desert, Death Valley. Arnold Dobson, Harold Mast Sr., and his son Harold Jr. apparently became stranded in the barren valley without any water. One of the three bodies was found seven miles from their abandoned car, another 14 miles, and the last one, 17 miles. A sheriff's spokesperson said, it looks like they just went the wrong way. It would seem that they turned in the direction toward a ranch house that they passed 30 miles back. However, just a mile the other way was a grove of willows with a fresh water spring. 
The paths that we take are important because every path has a consequence. If we take a wrong path in life and go in a wrong direction, it can lead to tragic consequences. If the outcome of life is determined by the paths that we take, and it is, then we should take better care in choosing the right paths, in following our shepherd, in being confident that we have a good shepherd. The third thing I want you to see is that we are to be people who are finding God's right paths. In order to find God's right paths, you must follow after God. It seems simplistic, but Psalm 63, 8 underscores it. My soul followeth hard after thee, King James. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Mark 1, 17, Jesus says, come after me. John 15, 4, Jesus says, remain in me. See, right paths mean that God's choice is best. And sheep who are accustomed to following their shepherd in well-worn paths, but occasionally a sheep would stray from the the safe path and become lost. And the shepherd would leave the rest of the sheep in the custody of the helpers and go searching for the lost sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd. Now, it's a surrender of my will and my way saying to God, I will go your way, God, not mine. Because left to themselves, sheep like us will go the wrong path or hit paths that have been overused and filled with ruts, and the grass to each side of the path had already been ground down, and eventually the sheep would overdo it on those hillsides and erode that hillside and damage it forever. So the shepherd knew which path they should take this time. Which paths had had brand new grass growing upon them in this particular season. See, there's a right path for you, for each of you. And if you have kids, there's a right path for your kids. See, someone else's right path is probably a wrong path for you. There's a right path today. Yesterday's right path may not be Today's right path. And there's a right path for tomorrow that God will show us. And here's the lesson. It's hard to find tomorrow's right path if you're on the wrong path today. It's hard to find the right path that God will reveal to you if you're on the wrong path today. So we need to commit ourselves to following after the good shepherd, and paths of righteousness. And it's the fifth thing I want to talk about. All for his name's sake. All for his name's sake. Now, the name of God represents the the, the reputation of God. Therefore, you can depend on God to do what he promises. His reputation is at stake. Now, no doubt we, we, we know names of wonderful uh, instruments like a, a Stradivarius violin or a Steinway piano or an original Fender Stratocaster or Telecaster guitar or an amazing automotive machine like Ferrari or Maserati. But God puts his name on us. 
Revelation 3 records that I will write upon him the name of my God. Now, my name's Bernie, and your name may be a John or Sally or Susie or Jenny or Lisa. Uh, your name may be Jenna. Your name may be Matt. Your name may be Colleen. Your name may be Steve. But all of us who've come to God have God's name upon us, and all that we do is for God's glory. He takes the credit, not because he needs it, but because he knows we couldn't handle it. In order to walk in paths of righteousness, we must become brand new through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we may try to follow righteousness from the outside, and it will only become hollow and lifeless. This newness that Christ creates in us, being a new creature is an inside job. After we're saved, we're changed. But day by day, he's renewing us. See, everything doesn't change overnight, though we are now saved and now we're a part of the kingdom of God. We have eternal life inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us. But there's a process. It's called a sanctification. It's a day-by-day work. And people who try to go through the external motiva- motivations of righteousness but lack that inside work, that joy and that love and that peace that energize and guide them. The Word, the Bible, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, teaming up together to transform our mind, renewing our thinking. And God then leads us on paths of righteousness. He gradually shapes our thinking and molds our emotions so that when there's no explicit command that we can find to exactly pinpoint our decision, we can live by the consideration of the wisdom of God, the love of God, and we're drawn to the path of righteousness. We don't want to disappoint our God by disobeying him. We don't want to disappoint our God by disobeying him. We want his word, our prayers, and our listening to God, the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. God leads us in the paths of love, and he does it for his name's sake. For God is the beginning, and God is the end of all the righteousness. The path of righteousness starts with the grace of God. And it has as its destination, because he's leading us, the grace of God for his name's sake. And all this is as dependable as God himself. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And as the Apostle Paul put it in Romans 11.16, For from him and through him, And for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The question I ask myself as I was putting this message together, is God getting glory from my life? Let me ask you, is God receiving glory from your life as you're currently living it? If not, what changes do you need to make? If you don't know Christ as your Savior, today would be a great day to give him your life, the trust in him. And if you're kind of just going through the motions, before I pray the 23rd Psalm, I would invite you to pray and ask God to, maybe it's a silly phrase, but fire me up, Lord, on the inside. 
The, the, the fire's kind of gone out. There's some embers there, but Lord, help me fan into flame the fire of your spirit so I could follow you. What would Lompoc Foursquare Church look like? What would the community of Lompoc look like? What would Santa Barbara County look like if every believer was following God as their shepherd in paths of righteousness and living in such a way that other people were seeing Christ? Christ in them, the hope of glory. That's my prayer. So dear Lord, I ask you right now to help us. For those of us that don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we would believe that you, you died on a cross, that you rose again from the dead, that you ascended to the right hand of the Father, and that by believing in our heart and confessing with our lips that you are Lord, we are saved. And I believe this in my heart. There, there's some of you who've yet to make that eternal decision, that most eternal decision that you could ever make and giving Jesus your life. Do that. Do that. And he'll change you from the inside out. And every day he'll renew you. Have your mind, your thinking be more like his. Have your heart, your values, your morals be more like his. And a surrender from your heart to follow Jesus Christ as your good shepherd. Let me pray the 23rd Psalm this way. Because thou art my shepherd, I commit my needs to you. Provide green pastures for me to lie in. Lead me beside the still waters. Restore my soul when I'm empty. Lead me in paths that are right for your name's sake. Be with me in danger when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Deliver me from evil and protect me with your rod and your staff. And dear shepherd, prepare a table to feed me so my enemies can see your provision. Anoint me with the oil of your healing. Let me drink from a full cup of your provision. And surely your goodness and your mercy will always follow me, and I will live with you forever and ever. My prayer is that God would bless you, that he would give you his strength, and that you would follow after his paths of righteousness forever and ever. Now, a couple PSs for you. You, you, you heard about it? So let me invite you. This Saturday, our Valentine's drive through I mean, we want to share the love. <laughs> we want you to feel blessed. So we encourage you to come to LFC between the hours of 10 a.m. and 12 noon. Don't be late because we have a gift bag for each car that comes through. And if you're late, well, supplies may have run out. So don't wait. And today, um, 3.30 Pacific Standard Time, there's a little um, a football game called the Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 16-2, and two, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 14-5. and five. It's supposed to be a great game. And here's my prediction. One of the teams will win. There it is. <laughs> well, the Chiefs, by the way, are favored to win. And I love this, depending who you read. Some of them favor the Chiefs by 
three points, others by 3.5. I have no clue how you get a point five, but it has something to do with gambling and betting, I get, uh, I, I guess. And, uh, well, that's not what I do. So all I know is I hope you have a great day. And if you watch the Super Bowl, God bless you. May the best team win today. And by the way, you win when you follow after the Lord and surrender yourself to him being your good shepherd. Have a great and glorious week. And Tuesday night, 6 p.m., we're back in the book of Psalms. We invite you to watch it live at 6 p.m. or on demand anytime after that. The Lord be with you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.